This is Terrio Media. Did you know that up to 50% of your lifetime income will be wiped out by taxes? What if you could stop this madness? Isn't it about time you play on a level playing field with the wealthiest 1%? Now you can. Tim Barry, attorney at law, shares here each and every week current tactics and strategies that anyone can implement to hack the tax code, protect your assets, and keep what's rightfully yours. It's time for Tax Hacker Tuesday. Everybody's going to have a different Every solution. Single person. Now, what are some of the options for the people who are living their quiet life of desperation, who are terrified that they owe the IRS money? What are the options available to them? Well, there's several options, but let me also elaborate on something which is very interesting. I'm kind of smiling because a lot of people don't know this, mm-hmm. that there can be two master files. Mm-hmm. And, and the IRS doesn't tell you there's two master files. They put a little asterisk. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, I send for the blueprint in a lot of cases. I get back the blueprint, and I go, wait a minute, there's another file, maybe on the spouse, or a different time period for this person. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you've got to know this stuff to get this information so that we can go to the next step. Remember I told you when I usually talk to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I say Mr. and Mrs. Smith is a three-part problem-solving process. Mm-hmm. One, let's send for the blueprint, let's analyze the information, gather up information that you're going to give us also after the ana- analysis of it, do the tax returns, and then I'm going to sit down with you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and I'm going to tell you what your options are, and here are your options. Mm-hmm. Number one, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we, we got the tax returns prepared and filed, and you owe this amount of money. Don't do anything. In fact, it is what I tell the clients. In fact, call up the IRS and say, listen, I owe you a great deal of money. You got my tax returns. Now go to Blazes. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, if you do that, then they're going to destroy you. And you know those two guys I was talking about with the glasses and the, uh, and the gun here and everything? They're going to show up my front door. So doing nothing is not a very good option. Mm-hmm. Okay. Option number two, beg, borrow, steal. I don't care where you get the money from. Pay the taxes. Next option is an installment agreement, commonly referred to as an IA. That's where you analyze what your income and expenses are, and if you have money left over, we set up an installment agreement. We negotiate an installment agreement with the IRS. The next option is put the key in the front door and disappear for 10 years, and you don't own it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I have clients that are doing that, by the mm-hmm. way. The next option is, is called a negotiating settlement with the Internal Revenue Service. And there are certain hoops you have to jump through to, to get this, and we'll cover this in another module. Okay? Mm-hmm. The next option is file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Hello, I did say file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Well, what good is that going to do? And then the final option is called currently non-collectible. And that's where the IRS puts you in an uncollectible category and leave you alone. And by the way, that's federal law. Now, you say the IRS puts you in an uncollectible category. Does that mean they take off the liens and they stop the levies? What does that mean exactly? The liens will stay. The until, liens stay on the property. The liens will stay unless and until the tax debt is paid or that there is a statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the liens are removed. But uh, if a person, a lot of people now don't even have any houses, so mm-hmm. it, liens filed don't really mean anything because they only mean something if you have equity in your house anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but levies are stopped immediately. In other words, if somebody comes in to me and says to me, I got this levy on my account, my, uh, my wage, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and I don't have any money. I don't have any money to pay the rent, the telephone, the gas, electric, whatever. What can you do? 
I get information from them on special forms that I have. I contact the IRS and I say to the IRS, my client qualifies for a CNC, currently not collectible. We, we, we in the field call a, a code 53, right? And they say, okay, send us the information on this form that you filled out with, with you know, supporting documents. And they put, a, they put the client in an uncollectible category and leave them alone. In fact, in October of 06, remember I talked about the internal affairs, the, the, the Treasury Inspector General? They issued a publication that basically says, once you determine a CNC, you are to put them in an uncollectible and no person, active personnel is to work the case unless there is additional information in the future. Now, Bernie, I mean, the power of this currently and not collectible, I don't think many people understand how powerful this is. Bernie, let me tell you or share with you the power of this currently not collectible. Uh, I'm an attorney. I'm a tax attorney. My father-in-law had some tax challenges, and it got so bad that the IRS started levying his wages. Now, he's a plumber, and you know he was making about $35,000, $40,000 a year, and the IRS took every single dime of his paycheck, except that they left him $150 a week. $150 a week, $600 a month. That's not too good of a standard of living for the guy. So obviously, he picks up the phone and calls me up and says, Tim... You married my daughter. You're a tax attorney. You've got to help me out. Now, I've got to tell you, I don't deal in tax problem solving like Bernie does. Bernie's the man on this. So obviously, who do I go to to get some help in my father-in-law's situation? I go to Bernie. And Bernie says, oh, that's really simple. All you need to do is have your father-in-law declared as a currently not collectible account. So we go through the hoopla, the rigmarole. And we get my father-in-law declared as currently not collectible. What did that do? The IRS immediately stopped levying his wages. He was able to take home 100% of his paycheck now. And then even more amazing, they sent him, the IRS sent my father-in-law, my father-in-law who owed the IRS money, the IRS sent my father-in-law the money that they had taken out of his paycheck. That's how powerful this currently not collectible process is. They cease all collection activities, and if they took money away from you, whenever you qualified for this currently not collectible, they give it back to you. I, Bernie, I never would have known that without you. I want right. to say thank you, right. and stop and think how powerful that is. A lot of people, once again, I just go back to that phrase I love of, they're living their lives of quiet desperation. They're absolutely terrified. They can't reveal to anybody that they owe all this money to the IRS, and yet for a lot of people, they qualify for this currently not collectible, don't they? Well, they do, and let, let me give you, I, I wrote an article on this, and I, and I, and I, and I kind of gave an, a, uh, an example. Suppose you've got a guy that's married a second time, mm -hmm. and he has two children from his first wife, and he's ordered to pay support, and maybe some alimony, okay? And he now has a second wife, and maybe they have one child. He's hiding from the IRS because he doesn't know what you, you just elaborated on. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know about currently non-collectible, plus the other options, mm -hmm. okay? He really is ill-informed, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. So now, think about this for a minute. He's probably driving a clunker, mm -hmm. okay, which is dangerous. He probably got cash for that clunker. No, he didn't get Sorry. cash for that. He's driving a clunker. That clunker is dangerous to your family as to his family because who knows if something goes wrong with it because he's, it's a clunker. It's not any good. 
Why is he driving a contract? Why is he living in, in substandard housing because he can't afford more? And why can't he have health insurance or life insurance? If he dies, all these families are left holding the bag, right? Mm -hmm. The reason is he hasn't filed. The IRS, he thinks, is looking for him. They're going to put him in jail. They're going to do these dastardly things to him. So he goes to these different employers. They pay him cash under the table, but not what he's worth, mm -hmm. but smaller. Mm -hmm. He can't afford anything. Think about this for a minute. The first family isn't getting child support, so they're affected. This family, they can't put food on the table. He's driving a car that's unsafe. What about if we show him how we can get the information from the IRS and file the last three, four, five, six years? Mm -hmm. Even if he owes a million dollars, it doesn't matter what he owes. He is entitled to go out and buy a car and have car payments. He's entitled to have health insurance, life insurance. He's allowed to have proper housing. He's entitled, by the way, that the court ordered child support to pay the child support. And if you add up all of this, he probably qualifies for uncollectible. He can get back in the system and he can take care of his family. Amazing. And let's take it a step at a time, Bernie. I'm kind of slow here. So step one, we've got to get the IRS blueprint. Correct. You analyze his information. Step two, you bring him into compliance. You make sure the returns are filed properly and adequately. Agreed. And the way you do that is with IRS blueprint, seeing what the IRS knows about the client. Plus what the client provides us. Plus what the client provides you and getting the client in compliance. That's correct. And now, once the client's provided you with their financial information, at that point in time, the IRS has what? They're called the national standards? Yes. What they do now is you compare your client's income with their expenses. Right. And if the client's income if their income if is they, below... If their expenses equal to or exceed income. Or to put it differently, if their income is lower than their expenses, the allowable expenses yes. by the IRS, yes. they qualify for currently not collectible. Bingo. So once again, if my income is below these national standards, and once again, my father-in-law, he was making $35,000 a year as an individual, he qualified for currently not collectible. And then again... What you said before in the first module, as well as this, every case needs to be analyzed. Suppose your father-in-law had a, a standard of living mm -hmm. that a thirty-five thousand allow him to be put into current and uncollectible. There are people making forty-five, fifty, sixty thousand dollars that qualify for uncollectible. People are making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. And by the way. Is this before taxes or after taxes? Well, that that is the, your, your gross income. Let's say your your W two wages. Sure. Let's say you're earning eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. In order to qualify for currently non collectible, by the way, you had to be in compliance. Sure. Remember the buzzword I keep saying: compliance, compliance, compliance. So what happens is you make your money, mm -hmm. and by the way, if certain ex if certain deductions are mandatory by your company, mm -hmm. they are the allowable expenses as well as federal withholding tax, state, state, etc. Now you get down to your your net mm -hmm. take home pay. Now you start deducting all your insurance, all your rent, telephone, gas, electric, and everything. Well, let's walk through some numbers, Bernie. I've got the sheets, the stats, and this is directly off the IRS website. Directly off the IRS website. Correct. And let's say we have a family of four. We have a husband and wife and two kids. A family of four is allowed to spend $1,370 a month for food, clothing, and other items. Correct. So right off the top... 
they're allowed to spend $1,300 a month. Right off the top. Then, that's just for food, clothing, and other miscellaneous stuff, your shampoo and such. For housing, you're allowed to spend money for housing, too, for the room and board, the shelter above your head. And these expenses for housing and for transportation, they vary by where you live, don't they? Exactly. Uh, You do a lot of work in San Diego. Let's talk about San Diego. For a family of four, you're allowed to spend $2,556 a month. That's in addition to the first figure. Okay, that's in addition to the first figure. So right right off the top, we're what? $3,800 a family of four is allowed to spend before the IRS can touch them. Right. Okay. Add to that. But wait, there's more. There's more. Chances are husband and wife are both working. Okay. Chances are, are husband and wife both need a car. Okay. So now if you have two cars, you're allowed to spend $978 on the payments of mm-hmm. those cars. Mm-hmm. So we started off at thir- or 1300 then we added on another 2500 and now we're going to add on another $1,000. We're at $3,800. Now we're at $4,800. Oh, but wait, it gets better. That was just the car payments. We're also going to have to pay for fuel and for insurance right. and repairs. Right. That's another four hundred and eighty-eight dollars. Right. Right. Oh, but wait, it gets better. Then we have medical expenses. We're allowed to have medical expenses yeah, too. Usually, I'm the one that gets excited, saying, like, "This is exciting, isn't it?" Oh, it's yeah. beyond exciting, yeah. Bernie. And this is the biggest mind blower to me. Just on the basic stuff, on the miscellaneous, and it expenses. doesn't even include insurance premium. Life insurance. Life insurance. It doesn't include health insurance. It doesn't include out-of-pocket medical expenses. Alimony, child support. Alimony, child support. So you can see, at first you could be earning $70,000, $80,000 a year and still qualify for a CNC. Just on the figures we used, ignoring the alimony, the child support, the insurance, all that stuff, just on those basic figures, a family of four could have up to $5,000. Three hundred ninety-two dollars of monthly expenses, mm-hmm. which, if we annualize that, that's roughly sixty-five thousand dollars a year of income they get to keep before the IRS can touch them. And this is after taxes, right? And once again, medical expenses, we add that right. on. Right. Healthcare expenses, right. we add that on. Right. I, Bernie, to me, this is earth-shattering information. Most of America doesn't make sixty-five thousand dollars a year. Now, and you know what you're shaking? What? Most professionals do not know that the CNC exists. I'm going to shake my head and say, unbelievable. Right. Absolutely unbelievable on this thing. And here's the other thing. Let's say that I owe the IRS $20,000. Can I still get this currently not collectible status where they have to cease collection activity on the account? Agreed. Let's say I owe $100,000. Can I still get this currently not collectible status? It could be a million dollars if you wanted to be. What about five hundred million? It could be five hundred million. It doesn't depend on the amount owed. It's what I say a little differently than you. Sure. If your expenses equal to or exceed your income, you qualify for CNC. This is America. Everybody's expenses exceed their income. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, this is just for Joe Lunch Bucket. A family of four could be making sixty-five thousand dollars a year. Before medical, alimony, uh, taxes, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they can qualify for currently not collectible where the IRS has to 
by law, cease collection activity. Correct. Now, what's being left out here is this, I'm a small business owner. Let's say I'm a life insurance agent. Mm -hmm. Let's say I'm a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. I've got my own sole proprietorship, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I'm still allowed those necessary and ordinary, those required business expenses to lower this as well. Totally. More people need to know about this. Yeah. If you're self-employed, what you do is you, uh, you deduct all your business expenses that are allowable, mm -hmm. and then that gives you a net, which then you start from there. Then you reduce your estimated taxes and your life insurance and your housing and your transportation, et cetera. So, yeah, so you can maintain your business. You can pay your taxes, present taxes, and not have to pay on back taxes because of the CNC concept. Unbelievable. Now, the thing is the CNC, currently not collectible right. concept, it's all about cash flow. Let's say that I've got, I don't know, $200,000. I just inherited $200,000. Right. And I still want to qualify for this currently not collectible. Is there any way to qualify for currently not collectible and yet still have this 200000 sitting off to the side? Well, I'll give you a perfect example. I have a, a client that has recently um, interviewed with me that mm -hmm. her mother uh, has money to give her, but she's afraid to because she has a major tax problem. Mm -hmm. So what I, I explained to her is that there's something called a SPIA. Mm -hmm. You know what a SPIA is? Sure. Okay. It's a single premium insurance annuity. Mm -hmm. She can invest, it's her mom's money, mm -hmm. so she invests in a SPIA with the daughter as a beneficiary mm -hmm. and set up either a five-year, 10-year, or 15-year, or life income payment. Mm -hmm. Nobody, no creditors, the IRS, or any other tax authorities can go through and get that corpus, that lump sum, because it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. The only thing that exists is a monthly payment. Mm -hmm. And if you have that monthly payment, plus some other work you're doing, and you still qualify for a currently non-collectible, then the mother feels good. So the secret here is you need to convert the asset, the lump sum of 200000 into the cash flow. Mm -hmm. And now so long as the income being generated by that, as well as other income that the individual, the recipient has, right. is less than the allowable living expenses, they're still currently not collectible status. That's correct. Mom takes care of what she wants to do for, for her offspring. You can run your own business, mm -hmm. have business deductions. You, know, you, can go, you can go on business trips. You can go on uh, you know, other, other ordinary and reasonable expenses. Mm -hmm. okay? Plus, live in your home, mm -hmm. pay your mortgage, have your, your, your telephone, your gas, electric, uh, et cetera, and make sure your, your, your back alimony or support payments are made, your insurance paid for, your life insurance premium paid for, and you're living a normal lifestyle and having income that is guaranteed. More people need to be aware of this. Yes, I agree with you. Going a little bit further, if mom didn't want to give the assets outright to the daughter, right. she has the choice of maybe putting inside the SPIA for the daughter, okay. or the other thing also is a trust. I mean, there's going to be, I don't know how many trillions of dollars passed down to the next generation over the next 15, 20 years. And a lot of people are going to be inheriting that money outright. And if they inherit that money outright and they have IRS issues, what's the IRS going to do? If the IRS is going to take it. Sure. And if, they have, if, the, if the beneficiary has the ability to get the money, so there's one key word, isn't there? Uh, there is. I mean, you got to use that discretionary trust because right. even with the spendthrift trust, right. a lot of people think that spendthrift trust is going to save them. The IRS can assert its lien typically against spendthrift mm -hmm. trust. Mm -hmm. It just has to be a properly structured trust to protect the whole family. That is correct. I, uh, now, let's say that we get 
the client into currently not collectible status. Okay. To a certain extent, have we done anything for them? Because all we've really done is push back the day of reckoning, isn't it, Bernie? Well, yeah, I call it a Band-Aid effect. And, and what you have to do is that if a person qualifies for a currently non-collectible, then you use that as a basis for other options that are available to you that can either totally eliminate uh, the uh, tax penalties and interest or, I, or get them to a settlement purposes. Now, let's talk about earlier you mentioned a cryptic phrase, CSED. She said, right. Could you please tie in, Sally sold C said by the, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, please tie in the C said date with currently not collectible. How could they work hand in hand to achieve some amazing okay. results? When you are assessed taxes, there is a statute of limitations of collections. C says it means collection statute expiration date. Mm-hmm. So each day we're getting to that point, right? So to put it in normal language, C said stands for at what date? your tax liabilities disappear. It's over. The, the IRS only has so long to come after That's you. That's correct. And if you're in a currently non-collectible, you just simply go forward until that day comes. So conceivably, uh, statute of limitations is what, 10 years? 10 years from date of assessment. Conceivably, if I'm not making enough income and I'm able to not make enough income for the next five years, seven years, 10 years, I could rack up a bill of $500 trillion with the IRS I stay in currently not collectible, and once that date of statute of limitations comes, poof, everything disappears. You remember what I told you about the guy with 500000 Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Uh, well, let's go a step further. A lien. You said the liens are the tougher ones to deal mm-hmm. with. Let's say they slapped a lien against his house for 500000 Okay. And he was in currently not collectible. Right. And now he goes past the CSED date. He goes back to the statute right. of limitations date. Right. Poof, the debt disappears that he owes the IRS. Right. What happens to the lien on his property? Let me answer it this way. Sure. Remember I told you when you go into a currently non-collectible, any levies that are out there Mm -hmm. are removed immediately. Mm -hmm. When you run the statute, Mm -hmm. the IRS has to release the lien. Unbelievable. So if I'm hearing things correctly, we go into currently not collectible, which... A ton of people can qualify for millions, <laughs> probably percent of America. Right. Uh, so we go into currently not collectible. IRS has to cease all collection activity. Agreed. And now we just go through normal. We're not playing any games or anything. We just have these regular living expenses and we wait four or five years. The statute date comes and goes. And now we don't owe another dime to the IRS? If you don't owe any money to the IRS, they can't have a lien. So if there's no money owed to the IRS, the lien has to be removed. You know, Bernie, I got to bring it up. This sounds too Too good to be true. It is true. It's it's law. It's not IRS policy. Mm -hmm. It's federal law. And the funny thing is, is that all the IRS people know this. Mm-hmm. That's why when I made in the other module and I was talking about the $400,000 and I called up the, the uh, IRS and she said, oh, yeah. And she did it internally, even though I, I did do a... Uh, well, you we, had to remind her. I, I, I wanted to do a, a letter. Yeah. Okay, so I had a paper trail. They understand this. 
are we allowed to talk about this? Sure. This seems like secret information. <laughs> you know, the helicopters are going to swoop down. Yeah. The Suburban's going to pull no, in front of us. No, 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 no. The, the only difficulty is if you're in a CNC and all of a sudden next year you're making $150,000, mm-hmm. there will be an automatic look-see, okay? And then you may come out of the CNC. But as long as you maintain the income and expense structure that puts you into the CNC, you're home free. Now, Bernie, let's say you get into CNC, and let's say that you do make that hundred and fifty thousand. Is there a duty on your part where you have to call up the IRS and say, "Hey, look, guys, I'm making more money"? Well, they, they will find out, and I'll tell you how they find out because because when you file your tax return, there's a scanning. They have the computer system now, uh, so normally you just don't you don't advise them because it, it's going to be found out anyway. So when I interview with people, I tell them, you know. There is, a, there is a time in the future if you, and by the way, most of my clients aren't going to make $150,000. Mm-hmm. There's another factor. I remember something. During the time period in the CNC, there's two other options that may become available to you because of the CNC, and that is called a negotiation for settlement mm-hmm. and a tax bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And which we'll be covering in the next yes, In the next uh, module, we're going to talk about that. And now... Final concept I want to talk about. Let's say you don't qualify for CNC. Right. Uh, you have maybe a hundred dollars a month over and above sure. uh, the CNC requirements, the sure. national standards of allowable sure. expenses and everything. Right. But you don't have the cash to pay the debt. Right. What's the option available to you? An installment agreement. And, and, and there's a special form that we negotiate with the Internal Revenue Service, and we say, okay, my client has two hundred dollars a month left over, so we will we will pay you. Uh, $200 a month, uh, and it's done. The statute keeps running, by the way. Statute keeps running. So what I'm hearing then is there's a form I can file, and the IRS gives me an automatic loan to pay them off? Well, you want to call it a loan because, because you're, yes, you're paying off that $200 or $150, mm-hmm. $100, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you, you, you owe the money, this amount of money, and you're paying this off until the statute runs. So my viewpoint the IRS has just lent me money to pay their taxes. Now, if I went to pay that off on my credit card, I'm looking at 20, 25% interest. Yeah. What's yeah. the interest rate the IRS yeah. is going to gouge me with? Less than 8% per Less year. Less than yeah. 8% per year. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't more people doing this? Why aren't more people, A, being aware of currently not collectible, and B, if they don't qualify for currently not collectible, making payments at the 8% interest rate. Well, the, the first thing we would encourage everybody to do is to file your tax returns and pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we don't encourage people not to pay their taxes to that to get a simplified loan. Sure. Okay. But if you find yourself in, in that uh, situation, and usually it's because of business disaster, divorces, mm-hmm. emotional breakdowns, etc., again, it's not as severe as everybody thinks. There are people who actually have committed suicide because they didn't know what you and I are talking about. I'm serious. They have committed suicide, and they didn't have to. And that's what really is problematic, because the professionals out there are not educating the people. That's why we need to tell people there are options. Do nothing. Go find the money. Do an installment agreement. Disappear for 10 years. There's a statute of limitations on collections. Do, an, do a negotiation settlement. Do a tax bankruptcy. Do a Chapter 13 reorganization that stops anybody from even talking to or do a CNC. 
Every single person will fit in one of those options. Nobody needs to, to commit suicide. Uh, and Bernie, you're being very forceful on that. I know that I had a client and her husband did, in fact, commit suicide over tax issues. And from hanging out with you, I know there is always a solution. And that's the part that to me is just so devastating and so sad right. is that people who don't know any better... They're driven to the brink because they don't know. Right. If this information was only available to everybody, hopefully they would be more aware of it and they wouldn't have to take that solution. You know, when I interview people who have tax problems and they come in and I always keep tissues because mm-hmm. we, uh, they've been to other people. They don't they don't know what, what we know, mm-hmm. actually. And after I after I finish talking with them, I, I have something I say to them. I say whatever that 5,000-pound block of cement you're carrying on your back, leave it with me today and go out and have a great weekend. What I know and what we're educating the people at through this series is we're going to show you how to get control back in your life and have that control give you a future. And these options and the three-part problem-solving process is the answer to how to put control back in your life. I love that. Can you say that again, Bernie? Let me show you how to put control back in your life and have that control give you and your family a future. That's it for today, as we dream of a tax system that works just for you. But until then, you have Tim Barry. See you next Tuesday for another episode of Tax Hacker Tuesday.